When someone begins to question their faith, the last thing church leaders want to do is say the wrong thing or handle it in a way that will further push them away. With so many historical concerns or doctrinal questions, what is a leader supposed to do? I'm happy to report that Leading Saints is here to help with the Questioning Saints Library. This is a full library of 20 plus presentations related to how to minister to an individual who is questioning their faith. We cover topics like how to answer tough questions, maintaining relationships when someone leaves the church, and how to embrace doctrinal ambiguity. If you want to review all the sessions from the Questioning Saints Library at no cost for 14 days, simply go to leadingsaints.org slash 14. That's leading saints.org slash one four. While you're at it, we'll give you access to all of our virtual libraries that cover several leadership related topics. So click the link in the show notes or simply visit leadingsaints.org slash 14. So my name is Kurt Frankum, and I am the founder and executive director of Leading Saints and obviously the host of the Leading Saints podcast. Now, I started Leading Saints back in 2010. It was just a hobby blog, and it grew from there. By the time uh, 2014 came around, we started the podcast, and that's really when it got some uh, traction and took off. Uh, 2016, we became a 501c3 nonprofit organization, and we've been growing ever since. And now I get the opportunity of an of interviewing and talking with remarkable people all over the world. Now, this is a segment we do on the Leading Saints podcast called How I Lead. And we reach out to everyday leaders. They're not experts, gurus, authors, PhDs. They're just everyday leaders who've been asked to serve in a specific leadership calling. And we simply ask them, how is it that you lead? And they go through some remarkable principles that should be in a book, that should be behind a PhD. They're, uh, they're usually that good. And uh, we just talk about uh, sharing what the other guy's doing. And I remember being a leader, just simply wanting to know, okay, I know what I'm trying to do, but what's the other guy doing? What's working for him? And so that's why every Wednesday or so, we publish these How I Lead segments to share. My name is Rick Bennett, and welcome to the Leading Saints podcast. Okay, this is a little bit inside joke because you do that every time on your on your podcast, which is the Gospel Tangents podcast, right? Yeah, this yeah. is good. Yeah, it's always my sound check. That's what I. Oh, and I if it works it. out well, then yeah, I use it makes it. it. Yeah, yeah, I love it. So um, a lot of people may be familiar with. I think you got a good sizable audience, and and um, some may not be. Nothing like leading oh, saints. Go, oh, go on, go on. Um, but <laughs> you're and, like ten <laughs> times bigger than me. Now, now hang with us, folks. The first ten minutes or so of this episode, we're going to geek out about stuff that Rick talks about on his church history podcast, which I love. I listen to pretty much every episode, and I encourage you to to check it out. And maybe there's some that I won't encourage checking out. I don't know. It's it gets uh, it gets interesting. So, but today we're not. So that's the first ten minutes or so. But then we talk about your time as a family history consultant, how you lead as a family history consultant, right? Right, right. I I'm a as big of a church history geek as I am. I'm also a family history geek. So nice. I love family history, yeah. and and hopefully I can be infectious in infecting you, Kurt. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> to do more family history. That's right. And uh, we talk about everything from why the computer guy in your ward is so important and uh, ways to actually connect with your in-laws, the helping people tell their story and on and on. So this is, a, if, if you're really struggling with family history in your ward, this is a great episode to listen to. So Yeah. And, and personal history, I think, is an underrated and easily done yes. thing in family history. All right. So here we go. My interview with Rick Bennett host of the Gospel Tangents podcast. Let's see, it's Mormon History, Science, and Theology is your tagline. The best source. for The best source for Mormon History, Science, and Theology. So here we go. People will know, like, there's this, like, this... uh, this, this community of podcasters behind the scenes, and we all got each other's back, right? Latter-day Saint podcasters. And Do we all have each other's back? Well, that, 
<laughs> I guess there's that one guy and that other guy that we don't talk about. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I don't know. I like to think we do, you know, especially those that are striving to put out really faith promoting content. Right. Mm-hmm. Do you, would you say gospel tangents is faith promoting? <laughs> I'm a very uncorrelated. So I'm, yeah. I'm faith agnostic, I think. <laughs> yeah. And that's an interesting take because you, you interview all sorts of people that have some type of tie to church history, right? right? Our and church I don't history. care whether they're excommunicated or faithful, like right. a general authority. So yeah, yeah. I mean, you've, I mean, you've, the funniest thing is like, um, so I interviewed Elder Snow four years ago. I yeah. Don't right after ago. he was released, right? It was before he was released. Oh, look at that. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'm jealous. And um, I don't think I've interviewed an active general authority. I know. So. I got really lucky. But I told my wife that I was interviewing a 70 and her response was, for whose church? <laughs> and I'm like, ours. <laughs> because you, you have interviewed several 70s in the community yes. of Christ and, and I don't know what uh, else, Temple Lot? Or? The Christ Church, that's another one. That's a, they're a fundamentalist or uh-huh. polygamist. Is that the same group? as Temple Lot, Christ Church? No. Well, church that's of Christ, Church Temple of Lot. Christ, that's Temple right. Lot. See, yeah, that's different. They, don't, they hate polygamy. <laughs> <laughs> this so. is why I love your podcast. Right? <laughs> like seriously, I listen if people that need a good podcast recommendation, I listen to probably every single episode. Every once in a while you have an episode that I am, and I, I'm, I'll be honest, I'm a little bored and I'm like, this just isn't my thing and I move on. But most of them are really fascinating history and from a perspective that I wouldn't, uh, you wouldn't typically... <laughs> Here. Is that very a good way to uncorrelated, frame? right? Yes, yes. <laughs> that's my goal, like my yeah. goal. And like you said, you'll get people on there who maybe have left the church who are quite angry, but have a perspective of church history. Well, right? and you know what's amazing to me is like I've talked to both Margaret and Paul Toscano. They have a stronger testimony of the gospel than many members. Like, like they're still, I still and think so, of them and as believers. I don't know who they, I, I forget who they were. So Paul Toscano is a member of the September 6th. He was oh, excommunicated okay. in one of the six okay. excommunicated in 1993. His wife, they were going after her. It was almost the September 7th. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But they waited until 2000 to get rid of her. <laughs> oh, man. But uh, like, and especially Margaret, like she's had, She's been emotional talking about her testimony, her, her continued testimony. Yeah. Now, there's some things she doesn't believe in, but she's like... And they have not returned to the church. I think only returned. one of the September 6th. Two have. Two? Okay. Um, have come uh, back. Yeah. Uh, Maxine Hanks is one. Uh-huh. I've, 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 I've chatted to get with her, her before. Yeah. And um, the other one was uh, Abraham Gileada. He, he, he was only out for like the minimum time, like oh, okay. maybe a year. And he went right back in. Gotcha. So. Gotcha. Nice. And now on, on the podcast, like you don't, I mean, you're uh, trying to be a straight shooter interview. You ask the tough questions, the easy questions and everything in between. And I try to be like Walter Cronkite for religion. <laughs> um, so, but you, and I think generally you communicate that you're an active Latter-day Saint in the, well, you know, the Brighamite church, right? Is it's that- fun because that, that'll come up. But a lot of times, it's, it's, you know, I'll, I'll get some new listeners and they'll be like, well, you must be community of Christ. You're, you're not Mormon. <laughs> you're not LDS, whatever. Yeah. And see, I still, I, I'm, I'm uncorrelated. I, I still use Mormon. I think it's okay. I, I'm a Mormon. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my favorite questions to ask. I uh, guess, especially from other, either Brighamite or Josephite ch- type churches, are you a Mormon? And sometimes they say yes. Sometimes they say yes proudly. And sometimes they're like, no, nah, no. Nah. Yeah, yeah. We believe in the Book of Mormon, yeah. but don't call me a Mormon. Yeah. <laughs> so. And, and a lot of the interviews, you don't necessarily give your take on it. You just give the interview. And yeah, the, I do not. I try and, hard not to give And my why take. is that? Because you're, I'm trying to be neutral. Okay. I'm trying to be like a news reporter, like yeah. literally like Walter Cronkite, the most trusted man in America. <laughs> <laughs> the most trusted man in, in our in the restoration. <laughs> I hope to be. Now, but you know, and it helps because I get people that will like Phil, or Matthew Gill. Uh, he's a prophet in the UK. I've, I've spoken to prophets. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and he's translated the book of Jeronek and... For those who are unfamiliar with Matthew Gill, it's a very small group in the UK. Um, basically, he says the angel Raphael came to him. And by the way, Raphael's been busy. Um, sounds like it. And, and gave him some plates and he translated them. And it turns out it was the history of the people who built Stonehenge. Like, who knew? 
Wow. Okay. And they're like relatives of <laughs> so the Jaredites. And he has this scripture Yeah, it's, down? it's called the Book of Jaredite. Okay. Jaredite. Actually, he's got a sequel. <laughs> anyway. It's like Second Nephi, the yeah. sequel of ne- First yeah. Nephi. Okay. The Chronicles of Aranek. I don't yeah. remember. I, I have to go back so, and listen. But. but with my approach with the podcast, like obviously leading saints, we're focused on leadership. And, and don't worry, folks, we will get to some leadership-related <laughs> topics. Um, but... I also want to be very clear that like I'm I want to create a a faith promoting very at least I don't necessarily want I don't want to shy away from anything but I want to be clear that I am t- touching the orthodox rod whatever that right, is right? right and um but and you're I'm, not necessarily aiming for that I'm very unorthodox yeah. I, I go all over the place uh, I just had an apostle for the JCRB which is what a is break it? of off the joint conference of restoration branches they're a break off from the I'm going to say RLDS Church. Um, they didn't like women's ordination back in 1984 when the, uh-huh. at the time, RLDS Church, now Community of Christ, they changed their name in 2000. Um, and so they're very like old style RLDS. Like they're very strong believers in the Book of Mormon, especially Book of Mormon historicity. They hate female ordination. Um, very, you know, what we consider old style RLDS like they're like that's the way it should be. Gotcha. So um, they don't have a prophet, and it's more of kind of a loose affiliation. Like each branch or ward is like self-sustaining, and then they've just kind of, kind of a confederacy. They've kind of grouped together. Um, so anyway, <laughs> you know, like, and I, I've talked to apostles from polygamous groups like uh, David Patrick. He's the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles president. And I'm hoping to interview the matron, temple matron here sh- soon. Um, <laughs> they've got a temple, a pyramid temple, um, and it's in Nevada. And yeah. They've got one in Utah too, but the yeah. Utah one got vandalized a little bit. So they're... Tinder. And you cover all things history related to all the restoration, things. all right? things, yeah. yeah. And and now you did squeeze in an interview with me a few years ago, and and we we had some pretty, yeah. I mean, we had a great debate or it was. conversation there. It was so very good. Yeah. We'll link to that for sure. And then, yeah. but and with that, like, I don't think people. I think the. I mean, what would you say? The average Latter Day Saint knows that uh, you know that with Joseph Smith the third that there are some different thoughts and. Um, Breakoffs and whatnot, but uh, there are hundreds of. I mean, how do you? Um, what is uh, Steve? Expressions. Expressions. Yeah, Steve Shields. A different steel Shields. Steel Steve right. Shields than yours. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, he's a he's a seventy in the community of Christ. Yeah, and former, I think he's retired. At, actually, they they actually retire them. Yeah, and apostles. And in fact, breaking news. Uh, <laughs> this is what I love. Gospel tangents. Is Rick <laughs> is full of tangents. Anyways, go ahead. Twenty twenty three. The prophet Steve Vizi is going to step down and they're probably going to pick a new prophet. And is it And like, I've been invited to general conference. Oh, really? In the independence? <laughs> oh, they call it world conference. Yeah, in independence. So Yeah, I was just I, it, And it's like extreme, what I understand, it's extremely different. They, they don't sit around and listen to the prophet and the apostle speak. They're like, it's like Congress. Like yeah. they're, I have a friend in Idaho, Evan Charlie, give you a shout out. He has a conference resolution that they want to put these scriptures online because they've never done that in the oh, community like, of Christ. Yeah, our church. Are, and it's like, like why, why, why yeah. would, and I'm like, why would that not pass? Yeah. So, but you know, I guess there's some people that still like print and, mm-hmm. yeah. but I, I pretty sure that one's going to pass. Yeah, the, so. uh, a 70 of the community of Christ gave us a tour through the Kirtland temple when I was there. And oh, he nice. said that, um, that yeah, it's, it's almost like parliament, right? You get yeah. some, lively debate about doctrine and what we, and that's really. And yeah. And it's like a week long. Yeah. Like eight, eight or nine days, I think. And so when we hear about instances where, you know, women were ordained, it wasn't like the prophet stood and said, let and it be said. That this everybody is what, raised their hand. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. it was probably a long debate that got him there. Right? Yeah. And you know, I, I, cause I remember talking with, uh, was it Bill Russell? I think it was Bill Russell. He's a community of Christ historian. Not a basketball player. Not a basketball <laughs> player, but he's met the basketball player. Oh, nice. And, um, he said he wishes they had actually released final numbers on that because that was extremely contentious. So oh, contentious bet. that probably a third of the RLDS church at the time left and formed the JCRB. 
Uh-huh. And so, um, so yeah, it was really, really contentious. Yeah. So, and yeah, when it comes to the law of common consent, I mean, that's something we believe in. You know, I think it's Doctrine and Covenants twenty one, I believe. Anyways, we're sort of on one end of the scale where we're just like, whatever, like raising yeah. there we go, and so they're on the scared. other end, right? That where it's like, you know, not today. Like I will debate this, you know, and yeah. we'll go to town. They, they get heated, yeah, yeah, yeah. especially that eighty four revelation. Um, cause the prophet was against it, believe it or not. His name was Wallace Smith. He was, a probably like only a great grandson of Joseph. Really? The third, I think. Like I, I didn't know. Uh, so our uh, LDS history here. So Joseph Smith Jr. Or Joseph Smith, the third rather started the, the, the RLDS church in 18, April 6, 1860. And then three of his sons were the next three leaders, um, Fred, Israel, and the other one. <laughs> we, we wouldn't, we wouldn't, you could yeah. say whatever name, we would believe you. <laughs> I don't think it was Wallace, because there's Wallace and a Wallace, W. Wallace and a Wallace B. So I think, yeah, Wallace B, I think, was the prophet in 1984, mm-hmm. if I have that right. Community, nobody from community college listens to this. But, <laughs> hey, so what are you saying? <laughs> they need leadership help too. <laughs> but uh, I think he was like the grandson of Joseph the Third, okay, Wallace B. Okay, and and then he he was the first prophet to retire. Um, the other weird thing was, was it Fred or Israel? One of those two. Um, Eighty-four years old. They were like, you know, you probably shouldn't drive anymore. And Bill Russell tells his story and he was like, I'm going to drive. And it was rainy and he skidded off the road into oncoming traffic and he was killed. Oh my goodness. In a, in a car wreck. And so, so this is Joseph Smith's grandson. Yeah, I believe though. Okay. Yeah. And um, so he was 84 years old. And um, of course in the Midwest, they don't know. Our LDS church, LDS church, it's all the yeah. same to them. And uh-huh. they're like, uh-huh. oh, this lady almost got killed by the Mormon prophet. <laughs> oh, <my goodness. laughs> oh. And uh, so anyway, um, they, they've got some really interesting history, at least interesting to me. So awesome. All right. We might, but, we might be killing your, your audience here. No, but. no. Well, the, we're 12-ish minutes into this, and now they have a flavor of gospel <laughs> tangents. You have hundreds of hours of episodes. Uh-huh. Jump in. Uh, it's, it's definitely not for, if you're looking for like the black and white, like Sunday school history that yeah. you may hear on Sunday. It's not that, right? It's I do have BYU professors oh, yeah. on, I should say yeah. that. And, yeah. and, you know, Elder Snow, yeah. Stephen Snow. You have very faith, at the faithful time, people, yeah. uh, scholars. And then, but you'll venture out into these other worlds that, and I don't, I would argue that none of your content has ever really challenged my faith, but, faith, but I'm, uh, I'm the type that can look at someone and be like, oh, I didn't know that. That's interesting. Moving on, right? And I still have, you know, a deep conviction of, of every tenant really that I think the, the, the church of Jesus Christ, the Latter-day Saint, the one that that's at the church of Jesus Christ.org, that church where yeah. I belong to. Um, and people should know that you're a, and by the member. way, the church of Jesus Christ.org uh-huh, is another church. Right. It's the bicker tonight church. They still do speaking in tongues. Alice Cooper, the rock star was a member of that <laughs> church. Can't, can't help himself. <laughs> I know there's lots of churches of Jesus Christ. There it's really true. are. There and are. so, you know, the Cutlerites, there's another church just down from the temple in yeah. Independence. Um, they call themselves the Church of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Only nine members left in the world. And it's interesting. I promise we're, we're wrapping this section up, <laughs> folks. But it's interesting to hear you interview people where some think that, like, you know, if you interview someone from our church, they're like, no, 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 we're not. They're not part of our team. Like, we are the church and they need to get it with a program and join us. Where others are like, oh, no, we're like all the same team, but we're just doing different stuff. Right. And, and uh, you know, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in Salt Lake, they got the temple stuff going and and we got the polygamy stuff going over here. It's like, wait a minute, we're on the same team? And I had no idea. And then we hate polygamy completely. Yeah, yeah. It's so, <laughs> it's so fascinating. So check it out. Anywhere, where you would you send them to? Uh, Either gospeltangents.com, that's my website, or... If you'd like to see the interviews, yeah. youtube.com slash gospel tangents. Yeah. And you, you do video for I do video, yeah. yeah. So you can see what these people look like. And, Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and, and even me, I'm on camera. Like. Yeah, yeah. He's there. Awesome. All right, Rick. So here, here's a, a shifting to leadership stuff here. Uh, you've been bugging me for a while. Okay. Yeah. I'm here yeah. to repent. I'm here and, to, and to face my audience. I am calling you to repent. Yes. All right. I, and I've been getting the emails from various people and the nudges from my father that uh, <laughs> we need more family history 
what, what's the calling? The specific calling coordinator, family history consultant. Yeah. Okay. We need more there. We need leadership talk in the context of family history. And Rick, uh, is, is the guy to do it. I'm the family history. I can't even remember what my title is. I'm the leader in my (laughs) world. Extraordinaire. Let's go. (laughs) So that's your current calling. Yeah. Okay. So I am active. I still go to church, even though I talk to all these crazy apostles and prophets. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I can vouch for that. Okay. (laughs) And and your Bishop knows of your podcast. Maybe he does. Oh, good. good. He doesn't listen, but he knows. Okay. He should listen. Last two bishops have known about it. So, nice. yeah. and and still, he's got I'm a calling still, and going to the temple. Aren't you a temple worker? I am. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. You enjoy that? Yeah, I do. Every Friday. Every Friday. Yeah. Uh, Timpanogos or where are you? Yep. At? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, all right. So here, let me let's just lay this out, and you can guide me along because if there is one point, if if you were to sit my father down down and and force him to say one thing, he's disappointed about his son Kurt, and he would probably say, "I wish he." He enjoyed family history because my dad loves family history. He and does. You put a quarter into him, you get a dollar fifty back from all things family. And history. his name is Rick, it just is like Rick. mine. And That's so right. we get along really well. <laughs> These Ricks out there, huh? I don't know. <laughs> and my feeling is, is like there's. It seems like we. You always get the person in that calling who's very um, excited about family history, as they should be. Okay. Mm-hmm. To me, I don't get overly excited about these things and we'll, maybe we'll get into that. But, and so you get the the lessons and the things and by the end of it, you just feel so guilty that you're not doing the spirit of Elijah and that you don't care about your great grandparents and they're sitting on the other side of the veil, like just disappointed that you won't do their work. I mean, all these things when in reality, I'm like, I, I mean, my dad has done so much, you know, anyways. Yeah. And I take those names of the temple. So where do we begin? Like, what would you say to a room of bishops who want to, succeed with family history in their award? Where do we start? Well, get rid of the guilt trip because okay. like we've had enough of the guilt trip lessons. I don't, I, I, I'm not trying to guilt anybody into guilting them into family history. So if you don't like family history, the reason is because you've had too many guilt trip lessons. So don't do that. Uh-huh. Don't do that. I mean, but there is a commandment. I mean, there is somewhat of a commandment, but don't right? emphasize that. Just don't you know? even mention it. Okay. Like, do we talk about thou shalt not murder every Sunday? Like, really? <laughs> do we need to do that? Yeah, yeah. Like, don't you know, don't kill anybody. Don't kill your okay. neighbor. So like, we know there's a commandment out there, but we don't need to use it as a hammer. Exactly. So, okay. Exactly. And so one of the things, see if you can get somebody like me. So I can, I can nerd out on family history, just like I have been nerding out on church history. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and so that really helps. Um, uh, hopefully you have somebody like me in your in your in your ward, um, but if you don't, just look up. So one of the coolest things um, here's what got me into family history was when I when I got married back in 2000. So we've been married for 22 years. years. It's easy, <laughs> easy to when remember. You get married in 2000. It's easy to remember how long you've been married. But uh, I didn't know my wife's family history at all. And one of the things that I wanted to do, because my in-laws are wonderful people. I, I love them. But I didn't feel like I was connecting with them very well. And I was like, hey, you know, I thought I'm going to I'm just going to learn their genealogy. I'm gonna learn, and plus, I'm kind of a computer geek. So if you can't find. You have a degree in statistics, don't you? I'm, yeah, but I'm my first about job. Geek is- <laughs> yeah, exactly. My first. I was a I was the computer guy, like. If your computer was broken, uh-huh. I, I came to fix it. And so I was a network administrator. And so I'm I'm inclined towards computers. So if you can't find somebody who just loves family history, find a computer guy. Oh, okay. Um, because all this stuff is done on the computer. And so this is back in, well, like I told you, I got married in 2000. So we didn't even have, the internet was, yeah, you still I mean, go it was to around, the, but. Go to the family history library. You, you, well, you no, you had personal ancestral file. Oh, okay. And so, um, which was a computer program. And so I would geek out on it. And and honestly, for those of you who like family history, especially if you're an old personal ancestral file, the company that uh, made that sold it to the church. And then they made a new one called Roots Magic. And so Roots Magic is like personal ancestral file on steroids. Like they've they've updated it. It's awesome. Even the free version is incredible. Like incredible. <laughs> and see, this is where a guy like me says, I don't believe you, Rick, but okay, for you, that, I'm glad it's really exciting. <laughs> but anyway, so I was trying to get to know my wife's family history. Now, 
you know, my, my family history, I'm, so I'm kind of funny. My dad's a convert to the church. And, um, so when it comes to his family, the field is white already to harvest, like right. <laughs> just, just any basic, you're going to trip over, you're going to trip over names. Yeah. My mom's family. Um, so they're, they're German, German and English, um, ancestry. They've been in the church since, well, they, my mom, cause I never, I never considered my family a pioneer family. And you know, so you know the 1847 pioneers. My pioneers were were ten years later, 1857. And so they came. They settled Idaho. Um, they were Germans. They were not polygamists. Um, but you know, so a lot of that side of the family, a lot of that work has been done. But I found tons of names, uh, and and I'm kind of a a wimp. I don't want to do German research, and so I don't. I just don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's for the people who like to speak German and read German, and I don't read German, so I stick with the English. And and then on my dad's side, I'm stuck. I can't get out of Philadelphia. Um, I, I've got back to seventeen, I think sixty seven. Uh, found a record for an Abel Bennett. He was a fisherman that declared bankruptcy in Philadelphia. I don't know where he came from. Um, Bennett is a very English sounding name. I've done some, I've done the basic DNA test. I've got a lot of Irish in me. And so I'm, well, and I found out Joseph Smith. So you got to pull in the, the, the church history too. Joseph Smith, <laughs> they don't know where he's from, but the, it looks like he might be Irish, not English. And you would expect. He's from Sharon, Vermont. What are you talking about? <laughs> before so, that. Yeah. So he, he's got a professional genealogist, Ugo Perego, who I've had on my show. Uh-huh. I've had him on this podcast. <laughs> oh, Ugo's yeah, awesome. awesome. Yeah. Ugo's amazing. Um, and so Ugo's done a lot of DNA testing and, and they think he actually wrote like a hundred Smiths in England and said, can I, can you spit in this tube? Oh, oh really? <laughs> like we're looking for Joseph got, Smith. Yeah. And, and they were like, he's not from, from that area of town. Oh, wow. And so, so they think he might be Irish actually. And so there might be some Irish Bennett's I don't know about. Um, cause I'm, I'm, I'm a lot more Irish than I anticipated. So um, anyway, but get somebody who's enthusiastic, who loves this kind of stuff, if you can, because I think it's just, I try to be infectious, just excited. Um, You know, one of the coolest things, because there hadn't been a lot of work on my dad's side done. And now that we've gotten away from personal ancestral file, and now everything's on the internet with family search. I mean, family search is amazing. You you can get a free... um, membership to ancestry.com mm-hmm. that is like a hundred dollars a year and the church just pays for it. Mm. Um, there's find my past. Um, what's the other one? My heritage. Um, there's a couple other ones that I, those are the three that I've signed up for, for free. My heritage is really good for English ancestry research. I probably should spend more time than I do, but one of the coolest things about genealogy, it's such a vast, especially when you get into it, like, just do what you want to do. Like, yeah. you can spend all your time just doing what what's easy, what you want to do. You don't have to read German records. Let, yeah, yeah. Let somebody so this else is, do that. I think on my personal journey, this is where I came is um, I realized I don't get excited about digging through census records or figuring out where this fisherman came from or you know, like my dad sort of does that and that's great. But so during the the pandemic, um, I knew my dad was at home sitting you know, with my mom and they weren't going anywhere. And so uh, I thought, you know, I'm going to do, I'm going to do what family history applies to me. And that was, I, whether it was remotely or I went over there, we recorded like 12 hours of his living history. Right. Yeah. yeah. And that, I've, and that was fun. I enjoyed it. I loved learning about my dad's childhood and his teenage years. And I've heard so many stories I'd never heard before. And now I got them recorded. So I sort of flex my muscles. I'm doing family history. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that's a really important part of family history that is underappreciated. Yeah. There are the living interviews, especially, you know, grandma and grandpa are getting old. My mom died in June of this year from COVID. And um, I had interviewed her a few years ago. I need to get those up. Um, about some of her siblings that had mm-hmm. already passed away. Mm-hmm. And so that's nice to have. Yeah. And it's really going to be important 
to, you know, my kids, they don't really, you know, grandma was just this old lady. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and so that's going to be important for them to be like, holy cow, yeah. you can hear their voice. And, and, and you don't need to be a podcaster to do that. You get your phone and you get into a recording app and absolutely. set it down and hit record. Right. It, absolutely. That's all you need is a phone. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I think this is a, a pivotal part of, of the family history coordinator in award, um, consultant again, I, whatever it is we call it. Um, because you get someone, a lot of times what happens, you get someone who's really excited about it and maybe they organize a a class, a meeting or come down to the family history library and then they get buried in like all this information and they're just swimming in it and they don't know where to start and it becomes overwhelming and then they just sort of fade away. Is that a fair framing of what, what you've, you've yeah, seen? Yeah, I've been really lucky because my bishop, his wife majored in genealogy <laughs> at, at BYU. And so, of course, and in fact, oh, by the way, Kurt, I have to mention a shout out to you and Leading Saints Podcast. Okay. You were the one who inspired me. You said, hey, have a ward podcast. Yes. Well, this is, this course, is family history, do that. history, right? <laughs> exactly. Uh -huh. And so, uh, so we actually have uh, a ward podcast and I've, I've already got 30 episodes started in February. That's cool. Some people I found are just like, nah, I don't want to do that. Like yeah. it's hard to get. I, I've talked to the easy yeses. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, now a lot of people are like, eh, I don't really want that on the internet. Yeah. But I mean, you could even record and just say, "Here's the file." Like, dude. Yeah. Just, but a lot of them don't even want to do that. Oh, I interesting. Found. But uh, but again, that's another way to engage people in family history is saying, "Why don't we just record your history?" Yeah. You know. And well, and for me, it's been really cool. Um, so I interviewed the bishop, of course. Um, didn't know this story. When he was on his mission, he was in Japan. He was riding his bike and he was trying to bust through a, a, a green light that was turning yellow red, you know. So he's just pedaling as fast as he can. And all of a sudden he had this sharp pain in his back. Well, it turns out that at that moment he got a collapsed lung. And I was like, you're kidding me. And so he had to get, and then it happened like a week later again. And so they were like, yeah, you're not staying in Japan. You're going home to America. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, um, and so he told me that, well, come to find out in the 30 interviews that I've done on my podcast, three ward members have had collapsed lungs. And I'm oh, like, what? what in the world? <laughs> So I was like, I had no idea. I had another yeah. ward member that fell like 150 feet off of a cliff and survived. Holy cow. And, he, and I was like, I had no idea. Yeah. I had, we have a, uh, a Cambodian member. This was amazing. And so I had heard him talk about it before, but it's, it's by far my favorite episode because he grew up Buddhist in Cambodia. And he remembers in the 1970s walking th literally through a minefield to get to America. And I was like, and they would see dead bodies from people that had hit, had stepped on mines. Wow. Like you had to be guided through because some people knew they, they were hungry. They caught an eel. <laughs> <laughs> they ate it. And I was like, oh, I wonder what that tastes yeah. like. Yeah. <laughs> tastes like eel. Um, <laughs> but the amazing things in your ward yeah. that you don't know from living people are yeah. just like, and that's why, Kurt, so I have to thank you. Yeah. Even uh, we'll, though you've we'll been a slacker that. on family history. <laughs> see, I'm do I am doing it, right? See that? You see that? But the ward yeah. podcast was great. I it's been so much yeah. fun to get to know my ward members and yeah. and when we tell each other story, it creates unity. Oh. You just you're drawn to people yeah. when you hear their story. Yeah. 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 And so and I always tell people, I go, You're not gonna you're not gonna talk, Brother Eve, but like this is an amazing story. <laughs> Nice, nice. So, and then he, you know, talks about his conversion and, and yeah. everything like that. It's, it's really, yeah. really cool. Do you do anything with, I think, doesn't the handbook say you're supposed to have like some type of family history plan that the ward council approves or something? Is that? You know, I never go to those meetings. Um, <laughs> the bishop and his wife are, well, so the funniest thing in most wards, I would be like, 
the cool guy, but Jana, she majored the in genealogy. Wife. Yeah. Yeah. And you need to have her on, by the way. Oh, okay. I have to do more family history episodes? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, this is not just a one-off, Kurt. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to repent. we got to get yeah, I know. Uh, Marianne Clements, another one. I, I, I called right. you out on hers, right? All right. I know yeah. it. All right. Line them up. So uh, anyway, um, there's so much you can do. You can do living histories. You can do the census work. You can do indexing. You can, We had one ward member, and he's like, you know, I'm not really into all that stuff, but what I like to do is I like to add photos to family search. Oh yeah. And so all he does is he finds like old family photos and he uploads them. Like do what you want to do. You don't mm -hmm. have to, you know, we've had, um, we've had, a, we have a Russian member in our ward. And so it's really hard to do his genetic. I already mentioned the Cambodian. Yeah. We found a name. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's my claim to fame is we found a name because he's like, what do, you, what do you know? He's like, well, here's my uncle and that, uh, the work hadn't been done. So. Oh, nice. So he got to do that. Um, but but uh, it, the I, he might even be Ukrainian. I'm not sure. I think he's on the border. He came from the border of Russia and Ukraine. We found him a name. Um, and so some of those, you know, you just, you just get lucky yeah. and, and, what they remember something and it helps and you yeah. type in family search. And, and so just do the fun stuff. You know, yeah, if yeah. you like to do pictures, if you like to do interviews, interview your, yourself, interview your family, yeah. you know, your uncles, aunts. And I think the, the tough part, but the easy part is that a lot of members, maybe they like to do the, the picture stuff, but they don't even know, like they don't even have an account with family, family search yet or you know so a big part yeah. of that is just sort of getting them through those little bear those little hurdles of like well let's you know let's download the app and let's let's just play around with it for a while you know yeah. you're not going to break anything here we go right i mean one of the nice things is i'm one of those weird people that actually liked three hour church <laughs> Amen. we need a like a support group like i was hoping for four hours no, I'm just Maybe not that part, but. but back when we had three hour church we actually had a um a sunday school class for family history. Yeah. And it was literally like, it, and it was not like, here's why you need to do family history. It's a commandment. <laughs> like we would be like, bring your computer, bring your tablet. Let's log in. Yeah. And and I remember how painful sometimes it would take like the whole period just to get somebody to, cause they'd logged in or they created an account and they forgot their password. And yeah. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Sometimes that would take the whole hour just getting a person logged in. But then we would keep doing it and they would come back and then they were like, Hey, I found yeah. some names. And so, so for, cause you know, not everybody is computer savvy. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and especially some of the older people in the ward, just getting them logged in was, that was an accomplishment. Um, but the church has so much out there, you know, for those who want to geek out on it, like me, like I'm, I'm really good with ancestry.com on ancestry.com. This was one of my cool finds, you know, because my dad was a convert. We didn't know much about, I mean, other, <laughs> my dad grew up on the other side of the tracks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, um, he actually, when he was a teenager, got arrested and the judge told him, you can either go to jail or you can join the military. And so... At age 17, my dad forged his dad's signature oh on the Air Force form and joined the Air Force at 17. And um, and so he does not talk about his family very much. Um, I have he has a cousin who's not a Mormon, not a, not a member of the church, and he contacted me out of the blue and said, How do you know Irene Ralston? And I was like, I don't even know who that is. So then I realized that it was my grandma. I, the reason I didn't know who she was was because it was my dad's mom. She had died in the 70s. I never, I never met her. I mm. never met her. So her name just didn't ring a bell to me. And then I said, oh, that's my grandma. And then this guy said, I'm your dad's cousin. I haven't seen him since he was 15. Oh, my goodness. So my dad was kind of one of those guys. He joined the Air Force. Um, he joined the church while he was in the Air Force, met a Hawaiian member and she got him introduced to the church. He didn't marry her. He married my mom. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah, you're definitely not half Hawaiian. Okay. Not Hawaiian. <laughs> but, uh, but so he kind of like, and I, cause I mentioned to my dad's cousin, I was like, we don't know anything about my dad. Cause he doesn't want to talk about it. And he was like, well, we were depression area kids, you know, 
we did everything we could to get in trouble, you know. And so I can understand. My dad grew up in New Jersey. I only met my his dad twice, I think, mm-hmm. before he died. Um, and so he was like, that was when I was a juvenile delinquent. I don't want to talk about it. Um, and so... So it's tricky. Right? It, it's really tricky. But my, my dad's cousin has come up with like newspaper articles. And because I've had some questions about... I mean, we had a suicide and my my dad's sister, um, she died by suicide. And so I had some questions about it. And he was like, well, I was at the funeral. This is what happened. This is who was there. And I was like, wow. You know, so it's really been nice. And um, I need to get back in touch with him now. That reminds me. But he lives in Ohio. <laughs> but he's like amazing. And he's done a lot of Irish research. Um, and... So we 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 were part of the people, part of the Irish that came during the potato famine. And like I never knew that. Yeah, yeah. And so you start like digging in and these things in. come up and I, connections I found come a out of the record on ancestry.com that not only did my I have a couple of great uncles or great great uncles or something like that that served in the the Civil War from Pennsylvania. So they were on the good side. Okay. <laughs> The winning side, thank you. And so I'm like, so I have Civil War um, ancestors that, that fought on, on the North. And then I found a draft record for my great, great, whatever grandpa that he signed up at age 17 uh, for the Revolutionary War. I found his his draft card. And I was like, I had no idea that I have Revolutionary War ancestry. Now he he was 17. It was like nine months before the war ended. And I was like, wow, like if you're going to yeah. join the war, that, join it right before yeah. it ends. That's a good time to join, you know? So this is this is like, I, I love like the enthusiasm I feel. Because this is typically what happens. You, get, you have a family history lesson and then random people are talking about random people in their in their history, and it's exciting, but sometimes in a group setting, it's sort of like, what, what but is you have the, the point. The reason I bring this yeah. up is because you have those kinds right. of people no, that you it. don't know about, right? Right, and, and so it's we got to get so people to exciting find when you find these things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I had no idea that I have revolutionary and civil war ancestors yeah. who, who fought for our nation. Right. I think that's cool, yeah, yeah. And, and this, is, this is part of my repentance, right? <laughs> and and uh, and that's to me is like when I hear of. My father's stories. I guess it's just history that's closer to me is what sort of makes my heart come alive a little bit rather than way back, you know, this person and maybe there's a picture of him. Well, and even, and I don't mean to sound a little bit morbid, um, (laughs) I have an Aunt Gertrude and that's kind of an unusual name. Um, But I found a death record for the woman she was named after, who was also named Gertrude. And she was 19 years old. And died in a sledding accident. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Hmm. You know, I found another death record. Oh, I wish I could remember who that was. <laughs> this is another kind of morbid thing. But to me, it's kind of fascinating too. Um, died in a, in, a, in a midair plane explosion. Holy cow. And I was just like, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> so you find you the know, morbid history too. The morbid history. And some, that excites some people and more than so, others. so um, <laughs> like, wow. Yeah, I don't know. I so, yeah, I like that stuff. So, so I, I'm making notes here, things I'm learning. So I love the I love the advice of you know in a word, if you're trying to get some excitement behind family history, maybe a good place to start is find the computer guy. I love that tip. Right. Uh, it's another way if you're really having a hard time connecting with your in laws, like dig into their family history. You don't have to sit down and try and like your father. I haven't even told you about their side. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure, but I love that. Like connecting if you're struggling with connecting with maybe parts of your family, this, this will do it. And then, and then get people excited about finding these stories, right? It's, yeah. it's all of the stories, not necessarily the, you know, just the simple process of taking a name to the temple, which is exciting in its own right. But, right. Yeah. yeah. But even, you know, another thing, if, if you want to help people, um, there's a website called findagrave.com. It's free. Mm-hmm. And it literally is people going to graveyards and just taking pictures of the headstones. And putting it online. And putting it online. Yeah. And, and that's really cool because yeah. you can get birth dates, death dates. A lot of times on gravestones, they will have children's names that you weren't aware of. Oh, yeah. Um, one of the easiest things to do is to 
if you're, especially let's say you have a goal that you want to find a temple name, go back two or three generations and then go forward onto their children and their children's children, mm. because that's where a lot of, a lot of times you can find names. Yeah. You don't need to be, doesn't have you to be a direct shot. Yeah. 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 And so those are cousins. Um, yeah. You know, I, I got an email once again from a non-Mormon cousin and she worked for Disney. <laughs> And did like animation. And I was like, wow, that's, wow, that's really cool. Yeah. I, I'm not an artist at all, but my brother was really good. And so there, you know, we've got, we've got some artists in here that are work for Disney. Like that's yeah. cool, you know? Yeah. 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 And so. And that's the other thing I want to mention is like, there are these uh, simple apps or simple activities you can do through established apps. Like, uh, so when you're in a big group of people and it could even be your elders quorum release site, it, to get the room to download the, is it find an, find a relative app? Find a relative app. Yeah. yeah. And then it shows you like, oh, you're, you're my eighth cousin. Right. And it's interesting how close you can find some people just randomly. So, and, and I, sorry to digress, but. You, you are the host of gospel tangents. So <laughs> we, we here go. We go. On tangents. Um, I went to a, I was at the firm foundation conference there was a polygamist that I knew that was sitting next to me. And I always joke about all of the people in the restoration are my, are my Mormon cousins. Yeah. And I, I use that term and I'm sorry if you get offended, <laughs> but, um, and so here was the weird thing is because she's a fundamentalist and she was like, well, I wonder if we really are cousins. And we were like ninth cousins. Yeah. <laughs> there I we had go. no idea. Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't through my wife's side where there is polygamy. It was through my side where there's no polygamy. Uh -huh. <laughs> that was how we were related. It was bizarre to me. Yeah. And I was like, wow, you, so you really are my cousin. Yeah. And aren't there other apps like uh, that'll show you like something about when your family came here or I, I don't know, like there's these simple apps where you could in a group of people, you could just do the activity. It's like a five minute thing, but it, it engages people. Yeah. And you can, as a family history consultant, you can begin to find those who, wow, you seemed really excited about that activity. Would you like to learn more? Right? Well, and you know what else is and that I haven't mentioned? Um, I know in Lehigh, there's probably one here in Tooele. I'm not sure. Lehigh Family Search Center. I'll just say that one because I know I've been to that one. Like they have amazing stuff for free. Like you can, they'll, they will give you a, a tablet and then you can say, who am I related to? And you'll find out you're related to Richard Nixon and Barack Obama oh, yeah. Yeah. and yeah. <laughs> Joseph famous. Smith yeah. and everything. Because even somebody, because I'm always one of those people that I'm like, you know, I was, I'm not related to any famous church history people. Um but I, there are links to, I wish I could remember. I don't have anything to Joseph Smith, but maybe I do, but it's really, really super distant. But, but like they have this multimedia stuff. And um, if you're worried about wanting to record your personal history, they have little booths that you can go into and they even have say, here, ask, ask the person this question and they will film you. Oh, they cool. will record it on audio. You can take your family scrapbooks. They have scanners and you can scan them in. Mm -hmm. We've done that. Make yeah. them digital. Um, they, you know, what happened in the world when you were born? Um, like they have all these really cool, we've, we've done a lot of, of activities in our ward with the youth um, to the family history center. Um like I said, there's one in Lehigh, there's one in Salt Lake. They're they're kind of all over the place. I think there's one in Harriman. Yeah, I remember. Right. And Utah, you you don't have to drive far, right? From, right. And, and even outside of Utah, there. But a lot of them. I actually I went to. We haven't even talked about Roots Tech. <laughs> oh boy, here we go. Roots Tech in February, March. Every, it's like the conference of all family history oh that the church puts on. Yeah. yeah. So the weird thing is, before COVID, they would always have a free day, and I think they still do. It's usually a Saturday where you can just go for free and you can sometimes some of the things you have to pay for, but, but the free stuff is just amazing. And I was like, Oh, I want to rent this special scanner so I can scan in all my photographs. And it was like a hundred dollars a day or something. Anyway, it was ridiculously expensive. Well, I wish I'd have known that if you go to the family history center, they have the same the exact same thing that I ordered mm -hmm. and spent a hundred dollars a day for, mm -hmm. for free. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you should anyway, have done that. I should have done that. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, the family's yeah. history centers, and if you want to get help, 
oh my gosh, that's yeah. the place to go. So how would you get like any advice on getting ward members to the family history library? Or Because again, we're, you're trying to drum up, there's going to be those people who are like me, who just aren't interested and you can just ignore them for a bit, but find those who just need a starting place and get them there. Well, any, and it's nice, you know, my bishop is super cool. Okay, super cool. You have and to say that because we're recording. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But we actually... Uh, we scheduled a thing at the Family History Center where we had sacrament meeting and then we canceled Sunday school priesthood Ooh. and we went to the Family History Center for Sunday school. Was it, And it was in your building or? No, it was at the at the one in Lehigh right by Thanksgiving Point. So, so do you all just, drive over there? We dismissed there? church. We drove over there. We met for really? a couple hours. Oh, I, I mean, that. it was planned for an hour, but you could stay if you wanted to. Yeah. I mean, there this... I like that. Well, now, now the, cause I know with COVID, they, that must've been before COVID, but, um, now with COVID they're, they're, they're opening back up on Sundays. And so hmm. we could, we could do that again. Hmm. And so, um, and you know, especially because if you want to get people excited, go to the family history center because yeah, there's so much there, there right? is so much there and it's all multimedia and they, like they literally give you tablets where you can log in and then you walk over this thing and you can find out they've got a map of where all your ancestors came from. Mm -hmm. um, it's amazing. Yeah. So yeah. awesome. Do you uh, have anybody else that works like any other people called as consultants that you work with? Like, do you have a team of people in your world? Oh yeah. Or? We actually, this is kind of funny. Our Bishop said, I want you to meet for 15 minutes every Sunday. Just, just, to cover things. Mm -hmm. And so, so we literally have a 15 minute meeting. We, we do it over zoom. I think we started during COVID, but we just kept going. Uh -huh. And it's, you know, my church is at 11. We usually meet about nine 30. So you have time to get your kids ready, whatever. And, um, it's usually about four or five of us that meet. Jana is amazing because, well, one of the cool things, this is a, a great idea for bishops out there. All right. That's what um, we're here for. So, a lot of times he will call youth consultants because oh, okay. they're always yeah. good with computers, right? Yeah. And so Jana has taken kind of one of the nice things about family history, do what you want to do. And Jana is like, I want to be in charge of the youth consultants. Oh, nice. <laughs> and so she meets with them once a month. They do indexing or they upload pictures. You now, know. now, is it they, they've like you call a handful as they're calling in the ward? The, yeah. Or? They usually, they, they're about 14. Is, okay. Usually it's, it seems like it's the 14 year olds that the bishop gives them an official calling. You, you sustain them in church, just like a regular calling and they are youth consultants and Jana works with them and they will, you know, and then they'll say, Hey, why don't you go to young women's and talk about family history? Or why don't you go to young men's and talk about family history? You know, insert all these uh, family history moles. In One of the nice things before, before Jana was, um, and our previous bishop, they had called her to be in the young women's presidency. So she was like, hey, every probably at least every six months or four months sometimes, the young women would have a family history lesson like, yeah. for activity. Oh, okay. for, yeah. on, and then, you know, I was invited to that or whatever. Um, and I don't think we've had that with the young men. But but yeah, uh, it's so nice, especially to, to get something like that. We have... Um, for Valentine's Day. Hope this is up before Valentine's Day. I think it will be. Yes, it will. <laughs> um, our Valentine's party is going to be about family history, like love your family. And uh, so we're already planning it now. Like, are you doing a party or what? We're like doing a party. We had, we had, um, last year we had a, it was a uh, St. Patrick's Day party. And I didn't realize how Irish I was. I have to show you a picture. I've got this like leprechaun suit on. And if you don't know, I'm six foot four. So I'm this, the, the largest away from a leprechaun you can be. I had a hat, a green hat. <laughs> I dressed in this leprechaun outfit because they were, they said you were supposed to dress, to dress like one of your ancestors. Well, you got to know where your ancestors came from in order to do that. Okay. So we had some Russian dress. We had, I was Irish. And this was a Valentine's Day thing? This was St. Patrick's Day. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Uh, we we haven't decided what we're doing for Valentine's yet, but okay. it's something. Along but nonetheless, like every year, you sort of have a family history focused ward activity. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and so that can be a lot of fun. Bring a lot of times for the young women, especially. I don't think the young men would do this because we don't cook, but they would say bring a dish that is like from your family history, like 
Swedish rolls or, you know, whatever. Brazilian. <laughs> we've had some Brazilian food, which is really good. Yeah. Um, so it's fun because you get all these like international. Yeah. I mean, we have some international people in our ward. So it's fun to taste really weird food. So. Yeah. Anything with, as far as like, because I mean, uh, the, the reason we have such a deep belief in family history is obviously connected to the temple. So mm-hmm. is there any push or thing you do in order to get people to actually get names to take to the temple? Oh yeah, we we were doing that. Our stake, I think, had a really big push to take names from the temple, and we, one year, we were like the second in the church for submitting temple names. So, um, <laughs> why not number one? Right? Come on, I don't pick know. it up. We here. We, somebody beat us somehow. <laughs> somebody had a Jana and a Rick in their ward that was better. Um, but. Uh, yeah, so I'm. You mentioned that as a temple worker. Um, so a lot of times, because we've got Saratoga Springs opening up, and so I'm always asking, so when Saratoga Springs going to open up? Because we're going to lose a thousand. Will that be your temple? That will be my temple. Oh, cool. Yeah, um, they haven't announced boundaries. We're pretty sure it's going to be I-15. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> that seems like a reasonable boundary. Um, so if you're east of I-15, you're probably going to stay in Temp, and if you're west, you're probably going to go to Saratoga. But Saratoga. Timpanogos is going to lose a thousand temple workers to Saratoga. So Timpanogos is going Timpanogos to lose. Is going to, lose yeah. to Saratoga, uh-huh. and um, and Saratoga is just almost the same size as Timpanogos. So we're going to need two thousand more temple workers, and so there's going to be a lot of people in Lehigh, Saratoga Springs, Eagle Mountain, that area that are going to have to be called to be temple workers. Yeah. And so, um, so I'm always trying to get updates. You know, we've, we've got a new temple presidency called. Oh, nice. um, so it's moving so along. It's moving along. Um, what we hear there for a while, <laughs> we heard that the carpet was stuck on a ship out in the Atlantic ocean. Cause you remember all the, all yeah. the problems they were having. Um, but it sounds like it's basically done. Um, we've got so many temples that need to be dedicated. I think we're number 12. <laughs> it's going to line up the apostles to assign right. them. Right. Yeah. And so I think, Latest rumor is probably spring we'll have an open house. And uh, so I'm curious as a temple worker if we're going to have to, if they're going to ask us to be volunteers. I remember when the Ogden Temple remodel happened, my old high school basketball coach was one of the (laughs) volunteers that were helping people, you know, through the the open house. And so I'm always wondering if that's going to be something we're going to be asked to do. I don't know. Yeah, that'd be cool. Or if you just, you you probably don't have to be a temple worker to do that. But Yeah. And one thing I did want to mention with temple names is something my family's done and and a ward can do it as well is we, you know, through family search, we have this this group where if I'm going to the temple, I can log on, go to the group, I can find a male name that needs an endowment done and they're printing it out and away I go. Endowments are definitely the bottleneck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Get them done, right? And so, but a ward could do that, right? If So that there oh, may absolutely. be somebody in the ward who's doing all sorts of family history, has too many names, and the, uh, someone else who isn't, that, but wants to go to the temple, yeah. can take one of those names. Or for example, um, we have a, a woman in our ward, She her husband passed away, mm-hmm. so she has nobody that can do male names. And I've got all these female names that my wife cannot possibly do. So I'm like, Tina, here, we'll, yeah. we'll trade. I'll, I'll take the males, <laughs> you take the females. Yeah. And and so you, you can definitely, and then, yeah, like you said, ward uh, baptisms, you know, our ward has made it a goal that no, even if the kid doesn't have a name, that somebody in the ward has a name that they, yeah. they can do. And yeah. so, and that's, that's, there's a way to formalize that and make it and organize it. So it's really easy to get yeah. that, right? I, I remember we went to the Draper Temple because I think Temp was closed. And um, we were the largest group that they had since COVID. Oh, wow. <laughs> and every one of them had a, had a family name oh, from cool. somebody in the ward. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a great idea. Yeah. What else? So any other hot tips for uh, family history consultants? I mean, I'm, again, it's just what I'm getting from this is I don't have to stare at a bunch of census records in order to do family history. No, so, no. And, and, and you just have to get the ward there to show them that. There's so much you could do. Yeah. Right? And, and I mean, I could talk about ancestry. I could talk about my heritage a little bit. I know those a little bit better. Like I said, those are both free, especially if you get stuck on, on certain things. The weirdest thing, you know, family search has a, uh, 
privacy thing where they try not to give you the names of living people, mm-hmm. you know. Um, sometimes it's funny because I'll get on. So my my brother, this is not funny. He passed away back in 2006 mm-hmm. in a car accident. Um, but a lot of times I will get all these emails from my heritage. Hey, we found this record for Ryan Bennett. And, you know, it was where he lived or a photo of his grave or, or whatever. And so, you know, even people that are close to you, you can still do work for. You can add mm-hmm. pictures. You can add, you know, update things and make it easier for somebody down the line. Yeah. Um, and so my my heritage is really good. A lot of times people will load like funeral programs. But you go to a funeral, take scan or take a picture or scan it in and then upload it. And then that will help other people to be like, oh, because it'll a lot of times it'll list the children. And you can still load that up on family search, but they they try to avoid hints for people that are living. Oh, I see. Yeah. <laughs> but you can see that. And then, you know, sometimes you can contact people and say, hey, I had a woman once again, not a member of the church. Um, contact me and she's like, I think you messed up on this, this marriage here. I don't think. And she was like, can you, and she was like a DNA expert and I am not, (laughs) (laughs) I need you. DNA is complicated. Um, but it's still fun just to find out what's your ancestry. I'm more Irish than I expected. But, um, then I had another friend, Marianne Clements, we need to have on. And I was like, Hey, so I got this thing and I've got this conflict. Can you, she, cause she's, she's getting a certificate and she wants to become a professional genealogist wow. like, like Jana. And so she wrote like this 20 page memo and was like, yeah, this person that contacted you was right. You need to fix this. <laughs> wow. And so it's cool when you get things like that yeah, that people are like things that get hey, made a mistake and let's yeah. be accurate and so yeah you know i have some grandparents <laughs> remember my dad's not a member of the church um they have newspaper records where they both the mother and the father were arrested <laughs> <laughs> for uh it was a union there was a union disturbance this is back in like the 20s or 30s when unions were really big that they were arrested for throwing bricks through a window and hitting some guy. Bunch of outlaws <laughs> in your... Like, my grandma did that? Are you kidding me? And it was like my grandma. It wasn't that far back. Uh-huh. And I was just like, holy cow. I mean, you know, some people don't want to know about that, but I, I you know, I'm all about scandal. I like knowing these things. <laughs> Which so. takes us back to your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's awesome. Well, I think this is good. This is a good this will be this a good starting spot for, for the many other episodes and interviews I'm going to do, Rick. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Jana and Marianne. All right. Uh, well, we'll line them up here. We'll get it done. But and it can and to me I just love how it can bring um it can bring fun to the award. It doesn't have to be a boring no. thing and it can the really find engage my relatives people. that you yeah. mentioned that can be one of the funnest award activities yeah. cuz you'll be shocked at how many people are <laughs> That's cool. You know, sometimes as close as fourth cousins. Yeah. That, that you never had no idea. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I've found any other, I mean, unless you knew about them, you know. Right. So, right. oh, my wife. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hopefully no, no first cousins of spouses come up. <laughs> uh, anyways. Well, uh, if people want more Rick Bennett and your awesome podcast, again, let's plug it here. Solid. So people know where to go. And of course we'll link to it and whatnot. Yeah. So. Gospeltangents.com or youtube.com slash gospeltangents or patreon.com slash gospeltangents. Right. I'm on Patreon gotta as well. Keep it going. They got to keep it going. So, all right, Rick, I typically ask a specific question at the end of this, and I'm going to tweak it a little bit for you. I usually ask how has being a leader helped you become a better follower of Jesus Christ? But I so much respect the work that you do with your podcast and just the, um, the ways that you, help me understand and be aware of a lot of the nuances in church history. So how has being the host of the gospel tangents podcast helped you become a better follower of Jesus Christ? You know, it's so much fun. Some people don't like to know about the weeds. And if you don't want to know about the weeds of church history, you probably shouldn't listen to my podcast. (laughs) I'll put that out there. Um, But it's so amazing to hear testimonies from believers. And it touches me to see how, how strong their testimonies are of, of Jesus Christ. And that strengthens me, um, to, to, to hear these testimonies. 
And, you know, not every one of my podcasts is a testimony builder. A lot of them, a lot of people would be like, hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't, don't, you know. So yeah, they can if, skip those. If you're super orthodox, my podcast probably isn't for you. But if you like learning about that stuff, I just think you can, you can grow, you can grow closer. I, I, Daniel Peterson has said, you know, the Mountain Meadows Massacre is, is probably the worst chapter in Mormon history. He's a BYU professor, and he said, you can still come out with a testimony, um, and, and that, that can be taught in a way that, that, that can be a, a testimony builder. And I believe that. You know, Brian Hales, another guy, he talks about polygamy, the yeah. biggest can of worms that you can talk about. Um, but he's just like, get in, dig in, find out everything you can. Um uh, you know, and so it doesn't all have to be negative. I'm I'm not scared of 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 our past. I love learning. My latest book, the book I'm reading now, uh, a BYU professor named Trevin Hatch called "A Stranger in Jerusalem." Hmm. I didn't know that Goliath is like the same size as me. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was in the book. Huh. I was like, I love learning stuff like that. And that Jesus was known as small in stature. Huh. Well, the average Jew in Jesus's day, according to Trevin Hatch, BYU professor, I guess he works in the Harold B. Lee Library, but anyway, works at BYU, um, was like 5'5". Five, five. Oh, wow. And if Jesus was small in stature, he was probably 5'2". And I was like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Well, no wow. wonder Goliath was my size. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I'm 6'4". There, there, there's some things in there that said that Goliath might have been about six and a half feet tall. So. Wow. So anyway, I mean, I just, I geek out on stuff like that. And learning little things like that, you know, we got Christmas coming up. I always love to talk about Christmas and what are the what are the misconceptions of Christmas? You know, there, we always see Mary on a donkey. There's no donkey in the gospel story. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> we don't know how she yeah. got there. But, uh, you know, that, that, so I, I just love learning about things and I, I, it just, it just builds my testimony, you know, learning, learning the challenges that my ancestors went through, um, whether personally related to me or my, my church ancestors, you know, Joseph Smith, Brigham Young, to me, those are testimony builders. And that concludes this How I Lead interview. I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, I would ask you, could you take a minute and drop this link in an email, on social media, in a text, wherever it makes the most sense, and share it with somebody who could relate to this this experience. And this is how we how we develop as leaders, just hearing what the other guy's doing, trying some things out, testing, adjusting for your area. And uh, that's that's where great leadership's discovered, right? So we would love to have you uh, share this with uh, somebody in this calling or a related calling, and that would be great. And also, if you know somebody, uh, any type of leader, who would be a fantastic guest on the How I Lead segment, uh, reach out to us. Go to leadingsaints.org slash contact. Maybe send this in individual an email, letting them know that you're going to be suggesting their name for this interview. We'll reach out to them. And... Uh, See if we can line them up. So again, go to leadingsaints.org slash contact, and there you can submit all the information and let us know. And maybe they will be on a future How I Lead segment on the Leading Saints podcast. Remember to access the Questioning Saints library for 14 days. Visit leadingsaints.org slash 14. It came as a result of the position of leadership which was imposed upon us by the God of heaven who brought forth a restoration of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And when the declaration was made concerning the own and only true and living church upon the face of the earth, we were immediately put in a position of loneliness. The loneliness of leadership from which we cannot shrink nor run away, and to which we must face up with boldness and courage and ability.